Beloved, you are about to listen to another enlightening and life-transforming teaching by Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna, the senior pastor at the Pliro Nation Accra, Ghana. We pray that you are blessed watching this video or as you listen via our podcast station. Stay connected and grace to you. Jesus is Lord. Yeah, and um, the reason for that is because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Um, when, you, when, you, when you invent something, when you invent something, you don't want to destroy it. When you give it to the child, you don't want the child to destroy it. I was thinking this and I was like, you know, even parents, when their children were hiding criminals and they have been convicted, now they have been uh, 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 sentenced to death. Even at the firing squad or whatever, they are still crying. They are still crying. Even when you know that their parents were having, their children were having, they are still crying. It makes us understand that once someone comes from you, once you produce a person, you never want destruction for the person. That is the heart of the Father. The Father never wants destruction for anybody. Amen. Amen. But the truth remains that we all have our choices. In His choice, He sent Jesus. In our choice, we determine what we want. But that's the, that's the irony of the whole matter. God cannot choose for you. God cannot make his choice and then force his choice on you. No. He made his choice and then you are, you are to choose either his choice or your choice. And there's nothing you can do if you choose your choice. Amen. Amen. Uh, people don't go to hell because they sinned, in quote. People go to hell because they refuse God's choice. Which is his love and his mercy. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. And, and that's one of the, the joys we have when we preach. When we preach, Jesus told the disciples, when he sent them out, he said, when they reject you, they don't reject you, they rejected me. They rejected I that said you. Are you not saying? Now, so you don't feel you don't feel bad at rejection. That's why we're talking about um, um, enter God. When people reject you, you go back to you just go more into God because they don't actually reject you, they reject the one who sent you. Amen to Jesus. And so when our people reject Jesus, actually he, he, he doesn't have a problem. Amen. Because they made their choice. And so we celebrate Jesus because he's the reason why we have a hope of eternal life. And you know what I'm saying? In fact, the hope of the future is not even as important as the hope of our eternal life. And you know what I'm saying? Of eternity, praise God. The hope of eternity. The hope of the future is, is, is a don't be. And you know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't even hope for the future. Okay? We ask hoping for the future. Our hope is eternity. According to God's schedule, the future is already set to the earth. Are you getting me? So our hope is what? Okay, let this second coming of Jesus come and let's enjoy eternity. Praise Jesus forever. Hallelujah. So today we're going to be thanking, continuing our teaching and then seeing uh, uh, Bible says, we will then through faith and patience obtain the promise. We will be studying, uh, uh, we will continue our study of David. Bible says, he woke up at midnight to thank. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 62 says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. Praise God forevermore. And we understood some reasons why David gave thanks to God at midnight. We've understood that if I want to be going back and taking, I will make this service as quick as possible. Amen to Jesus. So we can just have some time to thank God and to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, we understood why we thank God in the last teaching, um, last two teachings, and uh, our last teaching. Today we are going to be understanding. Um, uh, so uh, then we got to understand what thank you that midnight did for him. 
Amen. We understood things that two things that he did for him. And then today we are going to be touching two of them again and we'll be concluding this um, study. And so the second the third thing that thanking that midnight did for David is that it enables him to transit the old day and begin the new day rightly with the right understanding. Are you know what I'm saying? Now how you transit the old day we determine how you begin the new day. Are you know what I'm saying? When you transit it wrong, you begin the new day wrong. When you transit it right, you begin the new day right. Are you know what I'm saying? And um, night is night, a large percentage of the happiness in the day is determined by how we transit the previous day and how we begin the new day. The Bible says sufficient enough is the evil for a day. Why does the Bible say that? It makes us understand that when a day's trouble is over, let the trouble go. Are you getting me? Begin the new day the right way. Because when you begin the new day the right way, the day has a way of going right way. But if you begin it the wrong way, somehow everything just gets messed up in the whole day. And David understood the principle of beginning the day right way. Psalm 3 verse 5 says, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. That is the understanding he used to begin his day. That is the, my, the, 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 the mindset he used to begin his day. And we cannot say. Now he understood that laying down to sleep is the end of the old day. And you know, rising up is the beginning of the new day. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, um, 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 um. Somebody they once said life begins at 40. But after all, people understood that life does not begin at 40. They say life begins when you wake up. Are you know what I'm saying? So if you wake up at 20, life has begun for you. If you wake up at 10, life begins at begun for you. Um, uh, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. You know, but you know, uh, when we're talking about waking up here, for us as Christ, as uh, as children of the Lord Jesus, uh, waking up for us is being born again. Praise God forevermore. Now, so actually, they say whenever you wake up, that's when the day breaks. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. No, so so um, some people their day breaks by 10 a.m. Amen. Why some people their day actually breaks by 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. Amen. So whenever you wake up, that's when the day breaks. And how the day breaks for you, how you break the day, determine what the day will deliver to you. So David understood this. So he understood that I slept. I didn't wake myself up. I woke up why? Because the Lord sustained me. Now midnight is the end of one day and the beginning of another. It was therefore right to give solemn moments to fellowship with the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? And David understood that it was the time, it was right to give solemn moments to fellowship with the Lord. One of the things we thank God for uh, in the statistic we received this year was that um, a large percentage, 57% of the people who listen to our teachings, amen, listen to them between the hours of what? 5 p.m. and what? 11 p.m. So they use it to wind up their what? Their day. So it makes us understand that large percentage of, the, of our listeners on, uh, uh, get, use these teachings as a basis to end the day so they can actually begin the day right, the next day right. And you get what I'm saying? And what a blessing that is. That's a glorious blessing. And we celebrate God for that. Amen to Jesus. Alright, so um, um, the, the, the night season is a season by right meant to be used for fellowship. The devil tries so much to take fellowship from us at the night season. That's why you see that some of the times he tries to make you release of the wrong things at night. Why you why you walk through the day 
while you carry out your activities through the day, it's not that you do not really pick on some things. Are you getting what I'm saying? You just move through the day in all seriousness, in all work. But by the time you cool off at night, you, that's when you begin to pick on some things. I remember all the time some things will happen to me. Um, when people say things to me, I'm just moving on. And I don't, they don't, I don't feel that they don't hurt me. You know? But later in the day, by the time I'm cooling off, I, don't remember, I begin to remember some of the things they tell me. That thing was annoying me. That thing was, was not good. You know what I'm saying? So it's later, it begins to dawn on me. And now this is one of the ways the enemy operates. He always likes us to end our day wrong so that we can begin the new day wrong. Are you getting me? Yeah. And the, 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 the night season, the, the winding up of the day, is a time for either fellowship or frustration. There are two things that happen there. Either it's fellowship or it's frustration. And the truth is that they don't follow your lap. The, the, the truth remains that the temptation you always have is a temptation of frustration. But fellowship is not going to follow your lap. You actually have to choose. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And take deliberate actions to fellowship. At times I just I'll tell myself, I'm not going to think about this. No, I will not think about it. I'm not going to think about it. Why? Because the devil knows that if he can succeed in winding up your day wrongly, he has succeeded in messing up the next day. And Jesus told the disciples, said, give us this day our daily bread. When we did a study of one of the translations, we discovered that he was actually saying, give us this day our bread and tomorrow. So make provision for today and tomorrow. The devil is after two things, today and tomorrow. The other part is that he's not after yesterday. Are you yesterday? He knows, that, he knows that yesterday is gone. He, that he may try to use yesterday to taunt you. Are you getting me? Yeah, but he knows that yesterday is gone. But he's basically after today and tomorrow. That's why the provision of prayer that Jesus was talking about had to do before today and tomorrow. So the same Jesus understood our, our provision, uh, uh, the, 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 our, 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 the, the Father's way of provision, and the devil understands it. So what does he do? He deals with the day and the transition to the next day. And that's his fight. That's his fight. He fights to get you so uh, frustrated. He fights to get you dejected. Uh, uh, he just fights to make sure that you end the day wrong. So that you don't begin the next day. And because wrongly, because once the day is ended wrongly, the next day is began wrongly. That means you have lost provision for today and provision for tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. Which actually is give us today, provide for today and tomorrow. Once the devil can succeed in doing that, he makes sure that your provision is you've lost it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God for your more. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so the midnight is a time for fellowship now. Uh, and at the midnight, David's told to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, he did this to give thanks to God for his mercies which God had given him for the previous day and in anticipation for mercy for the next day. Are you getting what I'm saying? So why did he give thanks at the end of the day? You see, some of the times it's more easier, it's much more easier to get frustrated at the end of the day. And one of the things I've understood about life is that the easiest things to do are the bad things and the wrong things. Somebody said, um, um, uh, take the window, said, the easiest thing to do is to fail. Or oh, what, what he said? He said, the easiest thing to do is to fail. So what do you do to fail? Don't read. <laughs> Don't read. Don't read, you fail. The easiest 
easiest things to do are the wrong things. The easiest things to do are the bad things. They are the things that you don't need any effort to do. To fail at exam, no effort at all. Don't read, you fail. Are you getting what I'm saying? To be frustrated, no effort at all. Just allow all the negative emotions run through you and allow them flow through you. You will be frustrated. No efforts. I know you don't pray to think wrong things. You don't pray to think wrong things. You don't, you don't, you don't even pray for temptations to come. And you just have to pray that that will not end time Because you don't pray for the you pray not to kind to it. The atmosphere is choked up with temptations. The atmosphere is choked up with things that make you sad. The atmosphere is choked up with things that make you feel you are not fulfilled. The atmosphere is choked up with things that make you feel you are not achieved. The atmosphere is choked up with things that make you feel that some are better than you. You get what I'm saying? The atmosphere is choked up with things that just want to mess up your life. So you don't actually work to be messed up. You, 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 just, you, just, you just do nothing and you are messed up. That's all. Are you getting it? Yes. It's, it's only for, for the. Um, when you want to get the good things of life, that's where God comes in. And you know what I'm saying? But to get the bad things of life, you don't need to do anything. Just, 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 just stay and you'll be messed up. Your thoughts will be messed up, your emotions will be messed up, your decisions will be messed up, everything will be messed up. And that's the devil's agenda. And you get it. Now, so David understood that the ninth season was a time to transit by concentrating on God. Now, concentrating on God is a deliberate action, it is not a gift. We looked at that, looked at that in the World Conference, uh, looking up to Jesus, taking your focus away from other things and focusing it on, on God. Praise God for more. So it's a deliberate action. Uh, most of us we want everything to be a gift for us. You see, and, uh, and, uh, when, we, when we talk about the grace of God, we just see that the grace of God is just one grace that God blows on us. And everything just comes smooth and easy. And, you know, God just helps us do everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? I remember this is one of the grace teachers, very solid grace teachers. He said, he was teaching once and he said, when it comes to sexual temptation, he says, uh, the actual fact is that there is no other solution. The solution is food. <laughs> he said, the Bible said, free you to know. He said, there's not that only solution. Free, 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 free. That is all free. When you confess your righteousness, in fact, you start free before you start confessing your righteousness. And you start fleeing before you start there. Why you are fleeing? You are confessing. You don't stand there. You are confessing. And you say you confess, and the and it and it still will sweep you away. You know what I'm saying? So the, the right things in life, there are deliberate actions that have to be taken for us to get there. Are you getting me? And so David took deliberate action that like to concentrate on God. There are many other things that went wrong in the day. See, some of the time when we think about Thanksgiving, we think that those who thank God is because everything has gone right. No, 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 no. If you are going to look for the rightness of life before you thank God, you will never thank. You will never thank. There are many things that mess up in day, this day, but he chose to focus. See, when he comes to a point where there is nothing to thank God for, there is always his mercy. When he looks like you are the point where there is nothing at all to thank God for, and brothers, there is his mercy. The Father you are seeing alive is because of his mercy. So thank him for his mercy. The Bible says a living dog is better than what? A dead lion. So, so thank him that at least you are living dog for now. You are not yet a lion or a living dog. So thank him. There's hope for the dog. There's hope for the living dog. And I don't have what I want yet. And you get what I'm saying? But I'm still alive. I'm still preaching. I'm still preaching. I'm still preaching. No, 
As if I'm still teaching the word of God, I'm still, I'm still studying the word of God, I'm still growing. There's a thing, the Lord told me something concerning a particular uh, uh, case I've been sorry, I'm, 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 I was praying to him concerning, I'm praying, I'm praying over again. And then, I just remember when I wanted to um, um, carry out my prayer request, uh, you know, my prayer request, and I brought it up. I saw the scripture the Lord gave me concerning this case. And the Lord told me, so long as good is there, the great condition. That's what the Lord told me. The Lord said, the miracle will only be stopped when growth is stopped. But so long as growth is there, and growth is there, he said, the miracle cannot be stopped. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That's the truth of the matter. So long as even when I see the opposite, I say, so long as growth is there, the miracle is shown. So long as the dog is still breathing, um, one day, one day, one day to metamorphose. Are you going to say? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so, he, he thanked God for the previous day's mercy, and he did that in anticipation for the mercy for the new day. Why? Because he needs to understand this. He did this knowing that the message of God is what saw him through the previous day, and the message of God is what enabled him to sleep. And it's the same message that enabled him to wake up. Are you getting what I'm saying? He did this with an understanding of the provisions of mercy. One of the reasons why we don't thank God very well is because we don't understand the provisions of mercy. Lamentation 3, verse 22 to 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And you get what I'm saying? When we understand the provisions of mercy, even in a messy situation, we thank God. And you get what I'm saying? Even in a messy situation, we will thank God. You see, oh my God, you see, when I, I began to look at the teaching we did on knowing uh, uh, the life and tablet, when Jesus said, I will make you. And I began to look at the different things he meant for Jesus to make you. And I saw one of them, he says, and, uh, that he will be the cause of the happiness in my life. I'm like, who is the cause of the I have to say, when we, when we have a revelation of the mercy of God, when we have a revelation of the operations of God in our lives, I tell you, we'll be more thankful than requestful. The reason why most of us are more requestful than thankful is because we don't understand the operations of the mercy of God in our life and we don't understand the operations of the making of God in our life. You know what? There's nothing happening in my life that the devil is involved in. I cannot say. No, 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 no. I, I see. I, I, number one, I'm in Christ. The Bible says, it says we are. It says we are. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. All our hope is and past. We are living with Christ with, with, uh, in God with Christ Jesus. Praise God forevermore. I'm with Christ and I'm in the Father. Praise God forevermore. But then I have no access to, to to me because I'm in the Father with Christ. We are side by side in the Father. Are you getting me? So now all the things happening in my life are orchestrated by the Father. And since I'm considered by the Father, the devil has no operations here. Now if the Father is allowing it, it's because it is for my good. And it's for your good. Now so is it not the mercy of God that even allows some of the things that you don't like come with me? You will listen to the testimony of a particular woman who had an accident. Oh my God. A truck, a trailer hit their car. Long story, they hit their car. Human beings were crushed. Only two people survived. And they said she was, she was thrown out of the window. With her side, there's no way she can come out. We know the size of her buses. You will have to squeeze. Unless you want to come out of her buses. Out of the matter. So, 
And the woman that was by, by her back, that, that was behind her, two of them, when once I came out. So we can't, you see, but you, she, they said, she said human beings were crushed, they could not recognize them. They could only use their fingers to recognize them, to recognize them. The devil was worn out. But you know what? How can, how can a human being come out of the window? That means there was an angel who went there. He read Kibara. It was not window. He 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 did Philip anointing for him. But you see, the portal that was used was the window. But you see, people part you know when Jesus came, he passed through when he already resurrected, he passed through all the Zanoso. Uh, the, the portal was just wall. The portal that was used was window. But the angel used Philip and went to take them out. Now, the blood of the devil was to crush her. Now she went through a series of pains, how many surgeries, her knee, her lap, everything has called. Sorry, but you see, surgery is better than turning to uh, sandwich. What do they call the uh, shredded meat? It's better to be going through surgery than to be torn into what? A shredded meat. Now, so you may say, ah, but, ah, but why should she, why did even God allow, hey, why did God allow her enter into the uh, car at all? Why did the Holy Spirit not stop? There are some things that the Holy Spirit will not stop because he wants to show himself as God. Now, if that did not happen, you would have not known that the power of the exemption works. They would have not known. But the one that knows, knows. A recipient of mercy knows. Sometimes God allows you enter into the valley of the shadow of death so he can make you know that he is your light. He allows you. And these are all the provisions of God's mercy. We are, most of the times we have not been able to see the provisions of God's mercy. That's why we focus on the things that we look messy. David knew that my day might not have gone so far. But you know what? I'm still breathing. It's by mercy. It's by mercy. Oh, come on. I'm still alive. It's by mercy. It is better to have surgeries than to be sandwiched. It is better. When people tell you, is anything like preservation, you say, yes, there's something. There's something. Those who, they say, by, some people say, by love, by love. Uh, let go and try the lock now. You go and try the lock. When she was saying a story, I was sad that I jumped off. Why? Because I don't know when I was traveling for uh, my introduction. Just where was that? I can't remember the, the location. It was, uh, we well, almost getting to Abuja there. And what did I see? A truck, a, a, a pickup. That, that was loaded with human beings, they were carrying the pickup and water, all of them well dressed, wearing a shooting, wearing beautiful clothes, all of them dead. The same truck that, that hit their, that, that, that crushed their, their head was, was the same truck that hit that car, and all of them, they were those kind of human beings like Jesus, and what is this Jesus? They were dead. They were dead. So some of the times we think it's luck. It's not luck. If you think it's luck, go and try your luck. Well, go and try your luck. 
they know that this thing is not luck. It's not for his mercies. With all that has happened to us in this country, even, even, even the devil knows that this one, it is not luck. <laughs> ask the devil, we tell you for this, these guys, what, what, what they have experienced and what the way God has given them is not luck. It's not luck. If the devil is the one who gives testimony for us. Yeah. Remember someone who said, he said, ah, we told you that it's true. He said, some of the other people, they go to, some of the other Nigerians, they go to just a little of what you have done, what you go back home. How do you stay here? My brother, how do you stay here? I cannot tell you. I cannot explain. If I tell you I can explain, it's a lie. But I understand what the mercy of God is. I will not say everything has gone the way I like, but at the end of it all, I just see that it just worked together for my good. I cannot explain that. I was saying, oh, but God, I'm losing, I'm losing. I'm looking for me to realize that, oh boy, God, I've been paying me for years. Mm. <laughs> ah, I got the whole mission. I got the spirit. And even when the devil said, oh, I'm going to mess it up, God said, don't worry, I, I really allowed the devil to play that take down move because I want to show you what I was doing. You didn't know what I was doing. I've got a life basic. Even when the devil plays some silly moves, because God wants to show us what he's doing. But sometimes we focus more on the moves of the devil than the workings of the Father. And the devil is happy when we focus on his move. We don't focus on his move, we focus on what the Father is doing. Yes. We are seeing people, ah, how many are they? They are preaching. See, the devil is not doing something, there's something the Father is working. Yes. And focusing on what he's working. Yes. In the due season, I mean, he wants to say, me, you should go to another place. Go and find another master. Mm. And he said, no, you are the one. Now, what do you call it? Ruth. Ruth, your people shall be my people. And your God shall I mean, he wants to say, what? Am I the only pastor in this country? Go and look for that pastor. There are other good teachers of the word of God. Go and meet them and he tell me, no, 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 no. Your, 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 your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my I'm getting it. It's, it's coming very soon. I'm focusing on what God is doing. Yeah. Are you When we focus on the mercy of God, it prepares us for the new mercy. When you focus on the mercy of today, it prepares you for the mercy of tomorrow. But if you can't focus on the mercy of today, what will you get tomorrow? You get a mercy tomorrow. You're focusing on how messy today was. You get a message, man. That's what the devil is after. He wants you to be messed up today, so you'll be more messed up tomorrow. To be frustrated today, so you'll be more frustrated. Choose not to be frustrated. Choose to focus on the mercy of God. And this was what they did. So he woke up at midnight and released from the mercies of God. The songwriter says, When I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he has done for me, my very soul shall shout hallelujah, praise God for saving me. He'll sit down and look at the mercy. That's why he told his wife. When he said, Look at the king was dancing, making himself naked. You see, he saw that was a drunk guy saying, I'm dancing before the God who made me king instead of your father. In case you have forgotten, let me remind you. Are you know what I'm saying? 
He was, he was focusing, and we have to focus on the mercy of God. My brother, my sister, mercy is working. So even if you really think things are not working, mercy is working. Focus on the working mercy. <laughs> are you getting me? Focus. They told me, somebody told me 2019 and 10, Pastor is not working. But here I look at me, look at me today. Where God has taken me, they can never spend, they will never be able to spend it. I'm not personal anybody, you know what I'm saying? They can never spend it. What the Lord has done for me, they can never spend it. When the Lord is taking my, uh, his word through my voice, they can never get there. Focus on the mercy of today. It makes you focus on the new mercy. Focus on what may look like old mercy. Celebrate God for what may look like old mercy. It will make you prepare yourself for new mercies. Some of us are looking for new mercies. Lord, new mercies, new mercies. Have you thanked him for old mercy? Are you not saying? Yes. Have you have you woken up at me to thank you for old mercy? Have you thanked him for old mercy? You may call it old, but have you thanked him for old mercy? Praise God. Thank him for old mercy. And you are a candidate for new mercy. Praise God forevermore. And then the last thing he did to him was thanking God at midnight. You see, the midnight was a cool time where he could really take time to reminisce. Quiet. We will take time to, to have time below. Time out. Most of us, the problem we have is that we are too busy. We are too busy. Day, night, night, day, we are busy. We don't have time out. Are you getting me? And let's see this that it made him conscious of the truth that the Lord is his righteous judge. Are you getting me? Made conscious of the truth that the Lord is righteous. I remember when we were trying to sell us something, we tried the first time, tried and tried nothing. Second time, tried and tried nothing. I'm like, ah. at the end of the day, we were thinking, okay, what will we use it for? What will we use it for? What will we use it for? What? Ten years after it's also, we discovered what to use it for. Ten years! Sometimes we don't understand working with God is it's, it's exciting. It's exciting and it's filled with intrigue, intrigue and suspense. If you're not somebody who likes intrigue and suspense, you cannot work with the Lord. Why do you have a lot of people who are, a lot of Christians who are, who, are, who, are, who cannot work with God? Because they can watch seasons movie, but they cannot watch God working in their life. Yeah. They can watch series movies. You see that time when some of the series movies came out, prison break, Christians will invest all their spiritual time and every time watching prison break, we were watching God. They can watch series movies, but they cannot watch God work in their life. Because the workings of God sometimes they don't happen at, 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 at once. Sometimes they take three years, sometimes seven years, sometimes ten years. Yeah. Yeah. And then I believe we saw what God was doing. Like what? Wow. And we saw God, and finally, I didn't believe God did what he did. Without struggle, without sweat. Sometimes you wonder why, oh, that money is not coming, that money is not coming. I remember there was a time in my, in my life, I made the decision that when the money that I'm expecting does not come, it means that it is not his time to come. And God has his set time to bring it. I made that decision years ago. That was when I used to know, I used to be very, you know, I used to do things, you know, in a very positive way. I'm not going through a lot of things that I've gone through now. You know, so it was working for me. Even some people wonder why I'm doing some money like that. But you know, um, later on, I began to change my opinion concerning it. But once again, I'm going back to that way of thinking. When it looks like God is delaying something, 
It's not actually delaying, but it looks like something is delayed from the physical point of view. It is because, from time's perspective, it is not time. What the Father has done already in the rest of the spirit has to be walked into the physical. And that's why a lot of Christians, we are so in a hurry, we don't know how to walk with the Lord, we don't know how to serve God, we don't know how to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus means your understanding of eternity and your understanding of time. If you don't understand eternity and time and how they live, which is called the Kairos moment, you will not be able to walk with the Lord. And yes, it is. That's why a lot of Christians get fed up, a lot of men get frustrated. A lot of Christians you can't get fed up for others. They are not fed up for themselves now, they are fed up for others. See, see, how long will it take for you to succeed? How long will it take for you? It's not your own fed up, man. It's not person fed up you are fed up for. And you know what I'm saying? For the person you are getting fed up for is not even fed up. But you are getting fed up for the person. Because we don't understand these operations. Praise God for my word. Now, the righteousness of God's judgment is something that makes us know that God can never be late. God can never be above, over, beyond schedule. God is always on schedule. The righteousness of God's judgment makes us understand that God does not delay us, and in God there is no delay. Are you getting what I'm saying? Righteousness of God's judgment makes us understand that God is perfect in all his ways. There is no righteousness in him. Now David was a king who had to sit as a judge for his people. This made him a judge who knew the importance of righteous judgment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, um, in the Old Testament, there was one um, statutory uh, policy that was put in place, and it was that the king cannot be the priest, and the priest cannot be the king. Praise God for everyone. The, 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 the responsibility of the king is taken by the king. And the responsibility of the priest is handled by the priest. Now, one of the responsibilities that the king has was also the responsibility of what? Judging the people. Are you getting me? Judging the people in righteousness. Now, if you go to the book of Proverbs, it talks about uh, 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 a king that must give righteous judgment. Go to Proverbs, you see that over and again. About kings that must give, they must give righteous judgment. Because when righteous judgment is said, you see, the truth about this, even with that time, when it looks like, then the king and the and the judiciary were one. Are you getting me? So the king calls for the court and then he sits over the people's matter and then he passes his judgment on their matter. Maybe taking counsel from wise ones and everything of that. Now, but even in our times where they say the presidency and the judiciary are different, we still know that the presidency can influence the judiciary. We still know that the judiciary can be the pawn of the presidency. We still know that you don't take presidency on some issues where judiciary is. And you know what I'm saying? Yes. Making us understand that even though they are separate entities, yet they are still kind of interwoven. And you know what I'm saying? Yes. Praise God for all. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, so David was a king who was a judge. And he knew that as a judge, he was meant to give righteous judgment. Praise God for all. Now, what he also to know is that as a judge, the people demand and require justice and equity from him. And this can only be attained by what? Righteousness. Equity and justice can only be attained by what? Righteousness. When the, the Bible says, uh, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Is that not so? Yes. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. But when the sinners rule, the people what? They want. 
Why do they rejoice and give righteousness? Because in the leadership of the righteous, there is equity and there is justice. What is our cry in the nations of the earth today? Righteousness is far from leadership. Are you getting it? When leadership is devoid of righteousness, injustice will be the order of the day. Inhumanity will be the order of the day. Inequity will be the order of the day. And one thing that a leader must ensure he does is that he must ensure justice and equity for all. Justice and equity for all. You know the good thing about it? When you are in a position to give justice and equity, and you don't give justice and equity, the actual fact is that it may not be today, but the actions will speak against you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, so David knew the importance of this, and he knew that justice and equity can only be attained by what? By righteousness. Now, a good judge is one who knows how to study the judgment of preceding judges. That's judgment of preceding judges, both good and bad. You understand what I'm saying? In order to do what to arrive at a what a logical judgment. Now, if you look at uh, a good judge, this is what they do. They don't just come out with decisions like that. They go and look for decisions of preceding judges. How did this judge handle similar matter? It may not be exact, but it will be similar. How did he handle? How did he handle? How did he handle? And they study, and from their studies, they finally arrive at a logical what decision. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Now, so, um, for this to be achieved, there must have been preceding logical and good judges. Because if you only had bad judges, that means you can never, I mean, if you only had illegal judges that preceded you, that means you can never have a, legal, a, a logical decision. Is that so? You can never have a good decision. That's a serial dilemma. Where all the judges that preceded you, they were illogical and they were bad. It's going to be a very terrible situation. Praise God for your more. Hallelujah. Now, so if the judges were bad and illogical, this judge will not have anything to fall back on. Now, especially if he's a good judge. It then means that he's starting from the scratch and adding it again. He has nothing to fall back on. And I hear what I'm Now, being aware of this, David was disadvantaged, humanly speaking. Why? Because the king who preceded him, that is Saul, was not a logical and good judge. I can get it. He was not a logical man. You know that kingship uh, for Israel started basically with Saul. Are you getting it? Prior to Saul, they had judges. Are you getting it? They had judges and then Saul. So now, you cannot use judges' approach to deal with the country now. The country had moved from judges to what? To kingship. Are you getting it? So now, for you to actually handle issues, you have to handle it from the approach that the previous king handled. And when David looked at Saul's decisions, they were illogical and they were bad. So he was disadvantaged. Praise God for the Lord. Now, the failure of Saul in law and order resulted in a lawless and disorderly nation, which he left for David. Now, we can see this in um, Psalm 113, verse 3. When David asks the question, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, when we read that scripture, most of us will always do it for deliverance ministry. I'm not against it. I think I'm saying foundations, yeah. But you see, the, the, the major reason why David asked that question was because of the preceding leader he had. He had left what? His predecessor had left a disorderly and what? And lawless nation for him. 
The Bible speaks of the gate, the gates, the gates uh, of the nation speaks of what? Law. And you know what I'm saying? Symbolically. And then the 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 walls of the nation speaks of what? Discipline. And you get it. So when the Bible talks about a nation that has no walls, it talks about an indisciplined nation. <laughs> anything can go in, anything can come out. A nation that has no gate is a lawless nation. Are you getting me? It's a lawless nation. A nation that has gates and has no walls is a nation that has no walls. They are not prevented. Which is what is happening to many of the African nations, if I'm not careful. They are laws, though. They are laws of ground. They tell you, know, you know your constitutional right, but you know them at the end of the day, or it's time to enforce them. No, 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 no walls to enforce. <laughs> and you get what I'm saying? Praise God for all. Now, so David asks, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The word foundation here is from the Hebrew word shatar. And shatar figuratively means political or moral support. Political or moral support. So, with the damages of Saul, David had no legal precedence to follow in dealing with political and moral issues. And this was a big challenge. So, Saul left a bankrupt nation politically and a bankrupt nation morally. Uh, remember, someone told them, he said, The king, you have to no problem, you get the king, but you know what he's going to do? He's going to take your sons and make them soldiers. He's going to take your daughters and make them cooks. And you take a portion from your, from your increase, from your yields. So he used political powers to oppress people. Political power is not the whole politics from the Latin politics, which means a political and politics, which actually means uh, a person of influence. And actually, the reason why we are giving influence is not to oppress. Influence is given to help. I may not say. Influence is given to help, not to oppress. Praise God for the Lord. It's given to help, not to oppress. And so when a leader begins to use influence to oppress, then it becomes a political bankrupt society, a society where there is no political basis. And a leader who lacks political support also lacks what? Moral support. Because the reason why politicians, people use their influence wrongly is because they lack morals. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yes. That's the reason why. You see, um, many things, um, most of the times we complain about a lot of things. Basically, our challenges in life boils down to morals. 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 And I know we, you know, we, we, we that the whole has a primary role to play in morals, but also you as an individual, you have a primary role to play in your morals. You also have to develop your morals. Are you not saying? Yes. You have to develop your morals. So, um, David uh, had a serious issue because um, there were political and moral issues that he met. The whole country was messed up politically, it was messed up morally. The whole country was a mess. So, he had to pioneer his legal decisions. Imagine that. And you get what I'm saying? He had to, that is the reason why. After he was born, who merged the northern and southern province 
of uh, Israel and Jerusalem together, and he 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 he, he built his uh, his the the, 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 let me work, the presidential house at Mount Zion. That's where he built the presidential house. As I said, the Bible Mount Zion shall be famous and the sons of Jacob shall possess that place. So David made put put uh, promises together and then built the presidential house to unite roots in what Mount Zion praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Right. So he had to do a lot of scratch work. That is, Saul did a lot of him. He had to do a lot of works from the beginning, which were actually legal issues. Some of us thought that David was only fighting with who taking a lot of legal issues in Israel. Praise God forevermore. He a lot of legal issues in Israel. So he had to pioneer his legal decisions and he had to be fair and just. Now, some who believe that uh, Solomon was a dull child, amen. But um, from another perspective, it's also made, we are made to understand that Solomon was um, a close child of uh, 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 of David. David had a spot on him, and so he was always close by David, praise God forevermore. So he saw most of the decisions that David made. Are you getting me? He saw how David handled issues. Now, but far beyond that was that he knew that, yes, his father was making decisions that were wise, but for him to actually excel as the successor of his father, he needed what? Wisdom. Because he was entering into a shoe that was bigger than him. And especially at the age, he entered into it. Are we together? All right, please God tell more. Now, so um, he, he, he pioneered his level decisions and he had to be fair and just. Now, facing such a huge challenge, he turns to God, who is the righteous judge. And God gave him righteous judgment and never failed him. So he knew he, he, the only way to get righteous judgment was from the righteous judge. He didn't just come and sit in the judgment seat like that. Every start, okay, you have come, you have finished reading. For other judges that have book to read, they can read. But we book will read. I hear what I'm saying. He had to make decisions. And before he comes to the judgment seat, he asks the judge. Is it that one? Is it let me tell you something? <laughs> uh, uh, let me tell you something. Solomon is his father, uh, David advised him again and again and taught him on how to get wisdom. It's when he was saying wisdom is the privacy, in order that he get understanding. Those were the, the lectures his father was giving him. My son, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Now so when he was in a position to execute power, do you know that Solomon actually did not refer to his father's materials. He referred to his father's source. Are you getting me? He didn't refer to the judgment of his father. He referred to his father's source. Most of us want to refer to the actions of our fathers. No. When you can assess the source of your father, my brother, is a better place to refer to. Yes. So someone knew, and he saw his father, that his father would ask the Lord, Lord, I'm going to sit on the matter. The righteous judge gave me the right decision. Righteous judge, the 
make the right decision. I cannot make wrong decisions on this matter. Righteous judge, so he was watching his father, how his father was calling on the righteous judge again and again. Righteous judge again and again. And so the father will tell him, in all your diagnosis, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. In all that, so when God wanted to ask Solomon what he wanted, he didn't come to meet him in the daytime because he like, met him in the daytime. Solomon might be clouded with what is happening around him. So what do you do? He met him in his sleep. Because in your sleep world, you can assess better information. You can assess the person with better moods. In the sleep world, that is when in the dream world, that is when most of the activities the person has done, even for some 10 years or some years back, can be recorded and be showing themselves. Are you know what I'm saying? So God met him in that world where he's, 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 he's easy to assess. And where his true personality was. And where his true deed was. And God asked him, what do you want? The true personality spoke wisdom. So he got access to his father's access. Not his father's decisions. Some of us we are going to take our father's decisions. Ooh. I'm not against teaching people church growth principles. I'm not against teaching people business principles. But my brother, if I can get access to your source, why do I have to use you? Are you getting it? Over the years in which you have learned one principle, go to the source. Matthew, people will give you their materials and give you their principles. But the source remains the source. Because the principles of one man may not work for another man. But the source is the same yesterday to their forever. Principles may change, but the source remains the same. And so I believe in the source. So David always went to the righteous judge who never would failed him. This practical experience and knowledge David had of God made him conscious of God as his righteous judge. And this made him thank God in his most solemn time, which was at midnight. Are we together? Yes. So he made him conscious of God as his righteous judge. And he did what? He made him thank God at midnight. You see, let me tell you, if you have made Decisions that only the Lord helps you, you will learn to thank God. Are you not saying? Now, there are times, there are things that God has delivered us on desperate decisions that we have made, that God has, that we made, and God delivered us. I remember when one of them went, you know, rebuked that person's house, and somebody told me something like that to me, that thing, it doesn't work. I did it before. When you finish duty, the master telling you story here, story there, that in name you said was one, one city, it's not one city. They will start telling you stories here and there, and yet, see your money, you don't see the project. No, the other person does not worry, just take it as it's gone. I <laughs> you together. And I believe the, the other party was believing that yes, our money is gone. It was because he was ready to frustrate us out with all the trust, our money is gone. People that advise us, the money is gone. And so, in that kind of situation, you need the righteous judge. But when we went to the righteous judge, and he gave us a decision to take, when we took that, when we took a, a step to this, sorry, when we took that step, what people call the possible became possible. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? What people call what? Impossible became what? Possible. David knew this. So he, he, he went to his source, his righteous judge. Lord, I have no predecessor. Nobody to teach me how to do judgments. Lord, I was raised, I, 
I, I live most of my life in the forest. Lord, I am I'm a bush man. Lord, even the king that would have taught me, that would have mentored me, that would have had his, his decisions to form a God, he made messed up decision. Lord, I can only call on you. And you know what? God never failed me. I'm telling you that when we come to a point where we begin to see that God's judgments for us are righteous. Some of us are not going to happen. That's why we cannot thank you for your judgment. But when we come to that point, we say, God, and that decision, if I need it, I'm happy in a mess. If I marry that man, hey, so this is how my life will be. If I marry that woman, oh, so this is how my life will be. God, even in this world that I marry and having challenges, you can see that we will see better than that one. Oh, if I'm taking that job, so this is what my life will be. I you not saying? Yes. Ah, if I travel that, uh, to that country, so this is what my life would have been. Some of us have not learned to appreciate the right of judgment of God on our lives. But, but we always see the things that we feel that God has not done. But there were things that God took his, let me say what, on his own pollution, he took those decisions for us because we that our life would have been messed up if we were taking them. There are some people that God removed from our life by his own pollution. There's some people that God put into our life by his own position. There's some decisions that God prevented us from making by his own position. That was his righteous judgment. There's some actions that God prevented us from taking by his own position. That was his right. Let me ask also another one. There were some prayers that God did not even hear. That we prayed. <laughs> it is righteous judgment. He didn't hear Because we don't pray this way. So we here, and we are not happy. You see, we must learn to thank God for His righteous judgment. We may not like the way we are now. We may not like the situation we are in now. But thank you for His righteous judgment. Just thank you for His righteous. Just thank Him. Just thank Him, because there are many judgments the Lord has made concerning our lives that have put us in an advantage point. Better surgery than sandwich. Than sandwich. We must learn to be able to be thankful to God for some decisions that may have been painful to us, but they were painful to us at the end of the day. Better a broken heap than a broken destiny. We must learn to thank God for His righteous judgment. Some of us, who knows us in our family? Some of us, we don't have anywhere to fall back when we get to this country. Nobody, I remember before we, 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 we met somebody in a, in a bank, and the bank said he just coming from Ghana to uh, to Benicity, where I was living, to plant a church in Benicity. And he said, This place is right. Why are you going to Ghana? I said, That's where the Lord said we should go. And he said, All right, he's going to connect us to one of his daughters. And the daughter, she's a nurse, she will help us settle down. And he said, okay, I'll tell you, we'll tell you, you get to, it's a cheap hotel where you can stay till you settle down. And we're happy that God has really networked us. We will not struggle. We will not suffer. I know what, I got the guy, got the guy, finally, before I was, I was about body when I put through And I'm just coming from this one, I'm just coming from that one. Okay, see the name of the hotel she go to. I entered it. He sent the ladies from the bar, because we entered here. We call number, call number, call number. Till tomorrow, number will not connect. And we said we are coming, we have to move on. And we kept moving on. 
for listening, we hope you've been blessed by this teaching. Kindly share your testimonies with us at chumdiohahunaministry at gmail.com. Grace to you.